SCF Highway to Hope podcast here on Pod Wheels powered by Radio Nemo. I am your host Shannon Courier, the Director of Philanthropy with the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. And as always, I'm joined by my fabulous producer, Greg Thompson. Hi, Greg. Hey, Shannon. And we're having a lot of fun releasing our conversations from the Artist Series. We just had a two-parter with Levi Hammond. And in this podcast, we're going to hear from one of our longtime friends, Lindsay Lawler, who almost everybody in the trucking industry knows, particularly by now, because Lindsay is not only a performing artist, she's also a member of Radio Nemo being a co-host on Dave Nemo Weekends. We get to talk about all of that and you get to catch up with a really good friend of yours. I do. So Lindsay and I have been friends a long time. She is such a talented lady. She has a lot of irons in the fire and she's fantastic at all of them. So excited to see her on Nemo Weekends. It's a great partnership between her and Jimmy Mack. They play off each other very well. So if you haven't listened in to Nemo Weekends, you definitely want to do that. They talk about all kinds of fun stuff, different from the stuff that happens during the week. So this is where the fun stuff happens happens on the weekend. So if you're out and about, be sure and tune in there. We're excited to talk with Lindsay today. She's got a lot of good music that has just been released, a new song to be released at the show. So that is a little preview insight to this interview that we're about to hear. Yes, it is. Now, before we get to the interview, let's tell people how to get to the show because the days are counting down. This is a big event. It's April 22nd, Knoxville, Tennessee. Cotton Eye Joe's, how do we get tickets and tell us about how this is going to help St. Christopher. Absolutely. So we're excited about this event. We are counting down the days. We're only a few more days out. This is our first in-person Highway to Hope event. We've mentioned in the previous episodes that our first event was virtual with Winona and team there, and it was fantastic. But this one's going to be something super special. So we've got Levi Hummin, who we've talked to the last two episodes. We've got Lindsay Lawler this episode, and we're going to have a follow-up episode too. It's going to be a two-parter as well. And we're going to have Dave Nemo joining us there. He's going to join Lindsay and band on the drums. And we're also going to be highlighting Dr. John McGilligot. We're also celebrating 15 years of hope at St. Christopher Fund. So this is a super special event to us. It's going to be a great night celebrating what Dr. John, Dave Nemo, and Michael Burns put together 15 years ago. So you want to get your tickets. You can get those online. You can go to our website at truckersfund.org. A couple of ticket options are available. The one we would love for you to choose are VIP tickets. Those are $99, but that is a private event. At that private event for the $99, you're going to get food, you're going to get drinks, you're going to get artist meet and greet, you're going to get a private concert with Lindsay Lawler and Dave Nemo, and then you get to stay for the entire evening to enjoy the concert where Lindsay and Dave will come back out again and will also be headlining concert with Levi Hummond. Awesome. I can't wait to go. I can't wait to be there. Can't wait to see all of this come together. I know you and the team have done a lot of hard work. I know the artists are excited. And as you'll hear in our interview, Lindsay's looking forward to playing Cotton Eye Joe's. She actually included a line about Cotton Eye Joe's in one of her songs. So let's take a listen to part one with Lindsay Lawler on the SCF Highway to Hope. Let's start at the beginning. You spent many years in Los Angeles. Now, when I think of you, I think country music. I just do. Good. 
But you haven't always been country and that's not all that you do. I mean, you're like Kelly Clarkson. You can sing anything. It doesn't matter if it's the phone book. It doesn't matter if it's rock, if it's pop, if it's country, if it's blues and jazz. I mean, you can literally sing it all. But when I think of Lindsay Luller, I do think country music. But you spent a lot of years out on the Sunset Strip too, touring out in California with your band. And that was not country, correct? That was not country. And I'm so glad to hear you say when you think of me, you think of country because, which we'll talk about later, I'm in the studio now working on a country record. It's actually my first, what I would say is actually legitimate country record in anything I've ever done. Looking back on stuff that I thought was country, I'm like, that wasn't country. This is country. But yeah, I grew up singing country. I'm from Texas by way of Oklahoma and grew up singing in, I always say hashtag balance at church and in country bars, which is what you do when you grow up in Texas. Then college, I went to the University of Oklahoma and was in a band and it was rock. And I found a bunch of guys jamming to Zeppelin in a garage one day and literally like wandered in was like, hey, can I be a part of your band? <laughs> they let me. Then when I moved to Los Angeles after college, yeah, I was in this band called Sciatic, which please don't Google it and try to find anything. Now we're and looking it, it up. Like, we're going to look it up. As my husband reminded me the other day, he's like, everything you've done is part of the journey. Because I keep saying, oh, now I'm finally making music that is me. And he's like, no, you always were. It's just wherever you were at that point in your life, right? So that was an exploratory point in my life, obviously. I was in a band with a bunch of guys that, I mean, we were playing the Sunset Strip with a bunch of older guys that had played it back in the 80s. And then here I enter Los Angeles. And it was heavy, like screaming rock. It's bizarre that I even did that. The guitar player's wife would like make my clothes for me. And by make, I mean just like rip up stuff. And then <laughs> You're talking about like for context, LA was kind of the epicenter of the hairband revolution and all that at the time. Yeah. It was weird because it definitely didn't feel like me, but it was fun. Like it was almost like playing a character. So that was fun. It gave me a whole like different vision. But then I've been in Nashville for 17 years now, crazy, and have done more kind of like a pop thing. And then all my trucking songs for people who don't know, I worked in the trucking industry for about 12 years. So a lot of my trucking songs I've always written have always been, I say it was almost like a school project where it's like an assignment to write a song for women in trucking or the Citizen Driver Program or Highway Angel, Reese Across America, Capital Christmas Tree, all these programs that I've written song for. But that was like more targeted at something. People have asked me in the past, what kind of music do you sing? And I'm like, I don't know, a little bit of everything. Kind of like what you said, Shannon. So now it feels really empowering to be like, I'm a country singer. I'm a country singer and I know who I am now. Maybe it's taken all these years to try all the other hats on, which has been awesome and given me so much context. But I'm a country singer and songwriter. That's what I do. It's the part I play the best. It's what feels most natural to me. So now I can like lean in and like the next phase of my life, just be like, okay, I've finally arrived in my comfort zone, which feels really cool. I love to hear that because your voice is just totally country to me. I just Good. think it fits the genre perfectly. And even the songs that you talked about, the Highway Angel, everybody knows Highway Angel. And I think there's a story even behind that song. Wasn't there talk about needing a theme song for the Highway Angel program? You said, let me write a song for this. And they were like, I don't know, you guys gonna be cheesy. And then you come out with this fantastic song that everybody loves. Yeah, it became anthemic. Yeah, the president at that time of TCA was like, if you write that, that's going to be horribly cheesy or horribly depressing, I think were his exact <laughs> words. And I was like, you're probably right, but let me try. It's good. It's powerful to sing, and especially to watch truck drivers get a tear in their eye. To know that they feel seen. I think that's really the piece to me that always really speaks to my heart when a driver's like, you see me. Thank you for that. But then also sing other stuff besides trucks, because we also like other stuff, too. 
they don't want just songs about trucking, even though they're truckers. They like to have songs about that, but it's like anything else. You don't want to hear songs about the same exact thing all the time. Right. So you've been in and around the trucking industry for about 12 years. So what have you learned over that time? And now you've progressed to where you're heard every weekend on the Weekend 34, Dave Nemo Weekends with Jimmy Mack on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio 146. Get that plug in for you. I was about to say, well done. Thank you. Talk to us about kind of your experience, your evolution, what you've learned through networking with various folks in the trucking industry, particularly on the driver's side, because like you said, the Highway Angel is a wonderful program and you've given it a theme song, something that actually can make grown men and grown women cry. It really speaks to the heart and soul of what people do in this industry. So I'll go back to my question of what have you learned over these last 12 years? It's funny, and this sounds so basic, but I said this to someone the other day. I think the biggest thing that I've learned about drivers is the constant reminder, and especially now doing this radio show, so having drivers call in every day, that drivers are humans. It's like an Us Weekly, or it's like celebrities. They're just like us. They do all these things. I literally feel that about truck drivers. It's like truck drivers, they're just like us. They have a family. When a driver will call in and be like, I rode my Harley today. Here's the music I like. I'm going hunting with my kid. We just think of drivers we as not truck drivers a lot of times only have this image when you hear truck driver as the man or the woman behind the wheel and don't think to extrapolate all the other things that happen to them in their daily life or their weekends or when they're not working and to me those are the most important things so I think the connection and what I'd say that I've learned is like just how human these men and women are and I know that sounds really basic but it's such a good reminder I think to other people if you're annoyed with that truck on the road when it's probably usually your fault you're the one that's cut them off or whatever just to remember that driver has a family to go home to just like you was trying to get to the concert on the weekend just like you be their family just like you and i think that's the thing that kind of keeps me going and excites me all the time to hear more stories like that i would agree with that i think sometimes we put people in boxes and we see them as one-dimensional people i'm sure there are people that look at me shannon and they think st christopher fun and that's all they think because that's what they hear on a regular basis but that's not all that there is to me and they think of Lindsay lawler and maybe they think highway angel because in the trucking industry, or maybe they think Nashville Bachelorette, how they know you is the kind of the box that they put you in, but nobody's one dimensional and neither are these drivers. They have full lives outside of that truck. I think learning to see them the same way you see your next door neighbor or your friend or whoever else you're talking to, they're just normal everyday people. And that is just a job, but they want to be safe on the road. They want to get home to their families. They are doing the same things, like you say, on the weekends that you're doing. And odds are, if you go out, spend a weekend talking to people, you're going to come across somebody that's a truck driver or whose husband's a truck driver or whose dad is a truck driver. They're just normal, everyday people. They just want to do their job well and they want to get home to their families. They deserve to be respected just like everybody else does. When we were just in D.C. December, we did this transition trucking event and a female won. It's veterans that are coming out that they're training to drive trucks. So she's been driving a truck a year, but this woman who won had taken over the role. Her mother was sick and was about to pass away. So she came out of service early, was going to go her 20 years, came out of service early in order to help take care of her mom and then take over the business, the family business, trucking. 
and her mom had one truck. So she did that, learned to drive a truck. Now she's a truck driver. Now has two trucks because she just won the Kenworth truck at this ceremony. And what was so special, she can say, my mama was a truck driver and she had her daughter there with her who was like six years old in her lap in the truck. So that little girl is going to say, my grandmother was a truck driver. My mother was a truck driver. And now I want to be a truck driver. And I'm like, that is a powerful shift to think of the female side of trucking. It used to be when you'd see a female driver, you were like, oh, oh, what's that? It's like an animal out of its cage. And now it's more the norm. And I think that's so badass. I do too. I just think it shows the strength of women. Women are strong. We can do anything. We might not want to do anything, but we can. There's a difference. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and these are women out there providing for their families behind the wheel and working just as hard as anybody else would yeah. on the road. There are no, well, this is a woman truck driver, so things are different for her. That's not the case. If anything, it's probably harder. It makes me think about somebody like Candy Bass. She'll be driving yeah. 50 years this yeah, year. Sure. And all that she has seen when she first started driving, there were no bathrooms. There were no showers. You had to find some man that you trusted to stand guard while you went to the bathroom or took a shower. I had an opportunity to interview her last year at Matt's. She was thinking about retiring. And I said, oh, you got to make 50. We talked about those early days and the fact that there are potentially three generations of women who are not only driving, but owning a trucking business. And 50 years ago when Candy was starting, that just wasn't even possibility. You talked about the weekends and you and Jimmy through the Dave Nemo weekends. One of the things that Jimmy's always done with the show, and you guys are even taking it to a greater level now, everybody wants to pigeonhole all these people in different industries, right? Truckers do this, farmers do this. The thing that Dave Nemo Weekends does that you and Jimmy do, you honor the folks out on the road as people not only do that, but you're constantly putting things out there that folks are interested in. Can you talk about your experience with Dave Nemo Weekends, tying it back to your experience with trucking, what you guys are trying to do with that show now? Yeah, the best part is, and Jimmy says this, and I love this, he's spot on when he says, if we can have a driver say, wow, oh my gosh, four hours just went by, I was entertained while getting paid, like then that, our, our job is done. So I think Dave Nemo during the week, Nemo being on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Jimmy Thursday, Friday, it's more news and policy and really staying in that lane. But we try on the weekend to give drivers that reprieve. So Saturday, we call it Saturday morning cereal, which is more like nostalgia and throwback stuff and fun, quirky toys, games, movies, books, that kind of thing. And Sunday is enter me and my hippy dippiness. It's self-help Sunday. So we have a lot and not like the obvious. We're trying to do kind of fun, deliberate, entertaining way. Some kind of fun mindfulness thing and a lot of music on Sunday too. So I'll have my songwriter friends and talk about stories behind the songs. For me, it's a place I feel like I'm realizing more and more. I have a lot of really interesting friends. So getting to have them on and share their stories and what they do and entertain drivers and then mix it with Jimmy's and my strengths and our networks are very different, which is really cool because we both bring something very different to the table. Jimmy knows everything about everything, which is awesome to have on the air because he can talk to anybody from a very knowledgeable standpoint, which is really cool and helpful to me when I'm half asleep still at 6 a.m. when we come on. I'm like, Jimmy, you take this one for a minute. So yeah, it's fun. Honestly, what we tried to do with the truck stop tour I did for several years is just give drivers a break while they're working, give them something to check out for a little bit and be entertained and just remind them that we do appreciate them and want to help their time pass. I love that. I love the weekend show because it is different. It's fun. It's like sitting down, just having a chat with you guys, laughing, thinking about things in the past. You recently took me back to my past when you had an interview with Tiffany. 
But I love that because you take people behind the scenes and that's another thing. It's not just about what your job is. It's about the person behind that. So you take people behind the scenes with those stories and with your songs and other people's music and taking back people to the history. Music brings people together. It's a thing that people can come together on and it just makes you feel good. And sometimes you listen to the music and sometimes you listen to the lyrics. It just depends on the mood that you're in. And I think that's what's so awesome and why I'm excited for our second Highway to Hope event and to have you back with us again. Thank you for joining us again this year. And I hope you'll do it like forever. I hope this is an annual thing from here on out and I hope you're with us forever. But I think that's what this event is so special. Even the last one that we did back in 2021 with Winona and Billy Dean and John Schneider and you and Pete Sanders. And that was a great time and it was virtual, but we all still needed that connection because we're all sitting at home doing nothing, not connecting with anybody. And I think it gave a great opportunity for people to connect. And this one being in person, I'm so excited because I don't know how many people actually have gotten to like see you perform or anything, but you're a fantastic performer. You're so exciting in person and you're so engaging with the audience. And I'm excited for people to be able to come and see Lindsay Luller like live in action at this event. Well, me too, because a couple things that are really cool about this event. First of all, the fact that it's open to the public and the fact that this is so cool that, correct me if I'm wrong, Cotton Eye Joe's, they're on a Saturday night, their biggest night, obviously, at a huge country venue that the door proceeds, they're opening that up to go to St. Christopher Fun. Like that is so cool and special. They're doing that. And we're going to get a chance to talk about the Truckers Fun to people outside of trucking. I mean, that's been my like flight, I feel like, since day one. It's like we can all within the industry tell each other how great the industry is and how much drivers need our support. But it's being able to take that word outside of trucking that anytime we get a chance to do that, I think that is super special. I'm obviously excited. I've known Levi for years. I'm good friends with and work a lot with his dad, Marcus Hummin, who's a Grammy Award winning songwriter. So I'm a little bit older than Levi. So kind of gotten <laughs> to watch him grow up. So it'll be fun for us to play together. April 22nd will be the first night I'm performing these new songs for my new record. I haven't done it yet. I actually just threw together a new band that I haven't even played yet before a different band. So I'm really excited. And it's going to be something new and special for me as well. We'll probably throw in a tricking song, but I'm excited to finally get these new songs out that I've been working on for years. So I'm very excited. Wow. We're breaking some news here, folks. World That's public right. premiere of new music from Lindsay Lawler. Yeah. Last time we talked at the last concert we had in 2021, you were talking about at that time that you had some new songs that you were writing, new songs going to be coming out. You weren't necessarily doing it as an album. You were doing them as individuals. And this is the culmination of that. Here we are in 2023. We're going to be getting to hear some of those songs. If you haven't already, tell us about the song. I'm Okay is a big one. They did a big interview and people magazine. Very personal song for you. I think it resonates with so many women just in the world in general. So I'd love to hear the story behind that and what made you be ready to take that journey into that song. Yeah, I'm okay. It was about something personal that happened to me with a sexual assault situation and that took me kind of years to process. It's fine. I really am okay. There's a lot of different ways people can deal stuff and heal through stuff. 
not everybody is a singer songwriter and has that avenue to process it. That's how I was able to. And I'm grateful for that. It literally was like, once I put that out and just burst it to the world, got it off my chest, I was really good. I mean, the song is specific to me, but general enough when you hear it that you could sort of attribute it to whatever personally you have going on. Like for instance, my mom called me the other day and one of her best friend's husbands just passed away. She said that how what's helping her get through it is by listening to my song, I'm Okay. I have another friend who just came out, a gay man. He said, that's what's getting me through it. I'm okay remembering I'm okay. And it just really dawned on me that no matter what it is you're going through, gosh, think with the pandemic and everything, we've all gone through a lot these past few years. So just to remember, I'm okay, I'm okay. I need to breathe. As my daughter always says, breathe, mommy, breathe. If this body could talk, would you want to hear what it's saying? See the toll it's taking. Cause it's taken a lot to find a way through this darkness and hide this heartless and get out of my head, get out of my own way. Tell myself again, but believe it this time It's okay, I'm okay to believe the sun still shines even when the skies are gray and so I keep waking up I remember to breathe somehow put my drink down and get out of my head get out of my own way tell myself again but believe it this time it's okay I'm okay follow up to I'm okay because as you know we did a liner notes interview that you can hear on Pod Wheels Powered by Radio Nemo another shameless plug well done it was a very special interview to me because you went very in depth on the experience very powerful piece I would recommend anybody to go listen to that but that was about the time the People Magazine article was coming out you and I had had a chance to talk since then I want to check in on you six months after did that interview 
You spoke a little bit about the inspiration that people have drawn from the song, but what was the response that you got from the People Magazine article and the release of that? Because I'm sure that it was probably cathartic in some ways, but just tell us about that experience and what it meant to you. You know, on Facebook, when people go through a divorce or something, break up and they just change their status, they go from divorced single on there. And it's like their way of telling everybody without having to tell everybody. That's what I feel like I was with this People magazine. It was like, that was a bold step for me to A, write the song, B, record it, C, release it, D, talk to People magazine about it. So there's people in my life, people very close to me, friends and family who kind of found out something really big that I went through, found out by reading it in a magazine. (laughs) And I had some people that were upset about that with me. And I had to say, just remind people, hey, it wasn't about you. People were like, why didn't you feel like you couldn't talk to me about it? I'm like, that's not what it was about at all. Because I had talked to some people about it, but it was my way of choosing to do it, my way that worked for me. And I guess the thing that was the most eye-opening is that I had people that I know very well come to me and say, thank you for sharing that. Here's what happened to me. Thank you for sharing that. Here's what happened to me. I heard that so much, which was both inspiring, I guess is the word, also sad that broke my heart to realize people think they have to carry things inside and the guilt and the shame of harboring these feelings of something you went through that wasn't your fault. Or even if it quote unquote was your fault, it doesn't matter. It's just the idea of being able to share our stories and tell our truth and know that we're not alone. So to hear people very close to me be like, oh my God, I feel like now I can talk about what I went through because you did. That was a really big moment for me to understand the power of the platform and the gift from God I've been given to be able to not only write a song, but then confidently express it as well. So that was very powerful. Now that I've said that, I can say a lot more things. (laughs) Doing that as a songwriter, did that help you open pathways to be able to see, say, what could be country themes a little bit better? Definitely telling a story, which is the most important part of country music, or at least it used to be. I think getting back there with certain artists, but it definitely helped me, I guess I'll say, trust myself, trust my gut, my instinct to be like, whatever I'm inspired to sing or write about, to trust that instinct and to chase it. It's also helped we moved out to the woods last year. I realized I'd never in my whole life not lived like in the city or suburbs or people just right on top of me. It's opened up a lot of space to have more creativity. I mean, I'm waking up in the middle of the night with full songs. Like there's a song on my new record that is going to be the title track of the record. The whole song, the three verses and a chorus came to me in the middle of the night. I mean, I woke up and just wrote it, which is clearly a gift from a higher power to me. I was able then to go just sing that the next day for my guitar player. And they both said, my friends, Chris Roberts and Kevin Post, they're like, I don't even feel like I can take credit for being a co-writer on this because you sang the whole thing. And I said, no, it's important to me that you guys are a part of this. So yes, I think that putting I'm okay out gave me confidence to continue to write my story, tell my stories, because here's the thing in the music business, when there's so much competition and you are not seen unless you kick and scream and pound the door, nobody's going to have the stories I have because they're only my stories, right? So that's what I can trust is that here's how I make my name and make a difference just by singing my own stories and being me because nobody else is. Thank you for joining us for this episode of our artist series for the Highway to Hope event taking place at the Cotton Eye Joe on April 22nd in Knoxville, Tennessee. The VIP tickets for this event are $99, but let me tell you that includes food, a couple of drinks, artist meet and greet, a private concert with our artists, 
Lindsay Lawler and Dave Nemo, as well as the main concert with all of our artists. General admission tickets are $20 for pre-sale, $25 at the door, so you can just show up and join us. All of the ticket proceeds are being donated to our organization, the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund, local nonprofit there in Knoxville, Tennessee, supporting professional truck drivers across the country. Get your tickets today on our website at Truckers Fund, that's Truckers with an S, Fund with a D, truckersfund.org. Purchase your VIB tickets or your general admission tickets there. If you go in to purchase that VIP ticket, your password is going to be HOPE because that's what we provide for professional drivers. H-O-P-E, all caps, truckersfund.org. We hope to see you there.